And we're back with our .5-ish preview. We said it was going to be two and a half episodes of a preview and then four episodes altogether for an arc. So this is Mike, Mike, and Oscar. We are kind of previewing Avengers Endgame again. We're going to start right off the top, definitely talking about Avengers Endgame, and then the latter half of this episode is going to be a top five list for all of you to take in. We'll get to that as we get to it, but hi, uh, I'm co-host Mike One. This is co-host also Mike. Yes, also Mike here. We got some Endgame updates for you on a couple different things. First of all, the reviews, Mike. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes came out 97% as of this morning. We're recording it Wednesday on 89 Reviews. So just uproariously big, big positive. Yep. Uh, IMDb gives it a 9.4 on nearly 11K votes. That's absurd. 11,000 people, and it's a 9.4, almost 9.5. That's absurd. That's exciting. I think the highest rated uh, movie ever in IMDb history is a 9.1 right. Godfather. Metascore is a little more tempered with a 78 out of 100. That just seems to say very, very good movie. We've seen higher Metascores in the past. To be honest, though, I and I put this out on Twitter the other day. I haven't seen, I haven't read any reviews, obviously. I'm trying to stay unspoiled. But I haven't seen any headlines of any critics saying this was anything other than, like, emotionally satisfying, anything other than a great movie. Like, I just haven't seen any negative or subpar reviews yet. The only Rotten Tomato on RT is somebody saying that Infinity War was better. And, like, I'm disappointed okay. because... <laughs> but that's because Infinity War was so good. Right, 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 yeah. But I think everybody is really positive on it. And we'll, we'll update you again, MMO Weekly, and for our instant reaction show from the movie this weekend. Here's the question I have, right? Okay, we haven't seen this. We're recording this Wednesday the 24th. Uh, both Mike and I will see the movie Thursday, Friday. Mike's definitely seeing it Thursday. I may see it Thursday. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely seeing it Friday. We're going to have some sort of review and fallout from there. We'll talk about that as this episode goes on. If this movie is universally what these numbers suggest, 78, Metascore almost an 80, 9 point whatever IMDb, that can't be sustainable. But and those scores usually go up after the movie comes out right. when it's a humongous hit. So if these are what this movie is... Mm -hmm. Are we finally going to talk about a Marvel movie, an Avengers movie specifically, because we had Black Panther two year, or last year, but are we finally going to talk about an Avengers movie as a legitimate best picture contender? Oh, yes. Like, is this really this what this is, or is this a Marvel score, do you think? We're following our instincts on this, and absolutely freaking loose. Yeah, like, why not? This I is, don't understand why this wouldn't be. They broke through the wall last year with Black Panther. Mm -hmm. This movie's going to be something everybody loves, and it's going to make uh, billions, literally billions plural. Uh, One billion in its first five days is the projection right now. Uh, projected global launch, Mike, 850 to 900 million was the last break. I saw. Yeah. Now, yeah, I'm rounding it, up. 900 is what I saw, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... It, it's got potential. Usually they lowball that. Right. So it totally has potential for that $1 billion opening. The next best, and the current record holder, is The Force Awakens at 640. Yeah. It's going to shatter it. Shatter it. It's going to crush it. So we're looking at a 270 to $300 million launch in North America. I don't think that means domestic, but you have Canada, you have Mexico, and obviously the United States of America for all you geography mm -hmm. people. So mm -hmm. um, We have tracking for opening day numbers in China. This is opening day These numbers. Silly. These are just silly numbers. 100 million opening day in China. Does Kevin Feige... Like, what does he, does just he make things out of money? Like, does he have a car made literally of money? I picture does he just have gold everywhere? I picture him as Dave, uh, not Dave Franco's, James Franco's alien. 
and spring breakers just on the bed of money rolling around. Right. Like what what is what do you do? How do you top this what you've done here, Kevin Feige? I mean, this money is this movie's going to make absurd money. All the tracking is is probably going to be low like you said. The only take I've seen negatively and it's because it's the only take mm-hmm. I don't think this is really has a lot of substance to, substance to it. But the only take I see negatively is: Are people going to repeat view it because it's three hours? And that seems to be the only negative that people have to like qualm this not getting to a billion dollars so quickly. It depends how it ends. I think I, re- I really think Fair. if it's more cookie cutter, you know, and it's more that typical superhero movie, mm. even though done well, then mm. maybe not for some people. But look, I mean, Titanic had right. some of the mo- best repeat numbers ever, and that was a tragedy, right. obvi- obviously. So, and if it, that's, the, it, I mean, this is the most scrutinized film of all time. If that's the lone issue people are able to come up with, and it's the only one I've seen, so correct me if I'm wrong, dear listener, but if that's the only issue these sites have can come up with to, that would play with these numbers at all, I think that's a good sign for this movie. I still numbers. think, I still think they're going to be okay with everybody in the world seeing it once, <laughs> right. and they'll make a couple Probably billion. Probably won't put up too big of a stink. The last little stat here is that we're setting a theater count record with Avengers Endgame. It's going to be in 4,600 plus theaters and counting because they're going to continue. All these theaters are going to continue to add screenings once they sell out what they already have. And that's the smart thing to do. I mean, they're going to kick Yadiana out the hell back the door. I mean, they'll they'll throw those prints out the window. No offense. I mean, that that movie did really well last week with 26 and change, a million, but definitely all the other movies. They're not going to be in theaters starting this Thursday. And if you want to see another movie, other than Avengers Endgame, maybe Captain Marvel, which is actually did very well the last few weeks uh, leading into Endgame, and it almost made another $100 million over the last two weeks yeah. just with that staying power, and it's almost at uh, $1.1 billion now, which is pretty incredible. So That is incredible. Yeah, on recent coattails, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we love Captain Marvel as well. I wonder how, with the staying power of terms of box office, this is going to be, because there's just, I mean, I've seen Longshot kind of ramp up its its marketing and ramp up its its presence online. I know the people are trying to get, it's had a lot of critic reports on it and yeah. saying what a, what a genuine and what a, what a nice uh, movie that seems to be. The Intruder is coming out next week. That's kind of been played down. I, I mean, so we're talking about at least two weeks at number one. Does Detective Pikachu knock it off May 10th? Yeah, yeah, Pikachu probably is the first to knock it off. You think if, so? If Pikachu, I could see it, If Pikachu yeah. hits, then yeah, Pikachu right. will knock it off, but that, that'll that be that'll be three weeks in a row. Yeah, so we're talking like a minimum three-week run at number one, which is great. Every, everybody's going to see this movie early, and it's sure. going to make it $1 billion in its opening mm-hmm. weekend because uh, of the excitement. So, yeah, yeah, definitely Pikachu will probably open, you know, close to $100 million, 80, 90, yeah. 70, 80, whatever it is. And, uh, yeah, that'll knock it off. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree, but it's, it's going to be – so that means a three-week uh, run minimum of this being in number one of the box office. This is going to make all kinds of silly numbers and all kinds of silly money. It's going to break all sorts of record. I think there's no doubt that it's going to, to pass the probably $2 billion mark easily after it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we're going to approach $3 billion. Who knows? We'll see what the rewatchability factor of this is, but certainly going to break the record for – Domestic opening weekend, probably going to break the record for worldwide opening weekend. Mm. Uh, this 
is just this is holy ground that we're staying in. So why not? Even if you take the numbers, the financials aside, and you look just at the critical reception numbers, if this is serious, if this is truly how you feel, and you don't want to just be one of the people that's like into the end game phenomena and look how cool I am as a reviewer if you genuinely feel this is a 9.4 if you genuinely feel this is a 78 metascore whatever grade you gave it then you have to think it's a best picture contender I totally wholeheartedly agree and this could be the culmination of our two years of podcasting where we've been really pushing these MCU movies to the fore to the point where they could be nominated and it's been a definitely a, a mission statement for us yeah. we've loved these films for years we did the whole MCU rewatch we did, we did a couple other rewatches of a big fran- a big franchises that we love like Halloween Mission Impossible yeah. etc we've been upset when something like sure. Mission Impossible Fallout isn't included or Infinity War for that matter not even not included but just not even considered Considered, but like, la- given yeah. no kind of chance. The Last Jedi is not right. better than Darkest Hour. It's not better than The Post. Right. Are you effing kidding me? No, it's, it's a good point. Now, for all you popular film pundits and advocates out there, I mean, this could be your year because not only do we have this Endgame, <laughs> which is going to, but uh, you don't think Tarantino and Scorsese are watching what this movie's doing, right. you know, and thinking about these numbers as well. So, we have, this could be a huge year and a huge breakthrough year uh, to totally reshape what's going on in the Academy. There was news about the Academy that came out last night. We'll talk about that in MMO Weekly coming up this year and the yep. impact that has, but that'll get Netflix more involved into the Best Picture category Definitely. as well. But what this episode is, for for here on out, we have a top five episode. Now, Mike and I, we've hyped up Avengers Endgame a, a ton, as many, many podcasts and mm-hmm. trade publications out there have, so we wanted to do Kind of to put a bow on our preview, the top five most excited we've been for a movie. Because this would probably qualify, would it not? A lot of our movie reviews are movie event reviews. Because we we do Oscar sprint profiles, we review all the nominees, we do retrospectives, we review a lot of previous Oscar nominees and previous cult classics, whatever movies Mm -hmm. we love. But we also do movie event reviews, and essentially that's like the movie of the week, the biggest at the box office, and movies that we think are on the level of Oscar films but that are usually underrated in the Mm. eye of the Academy because they're looked down upon for being popcorn flicks but yes in honor of Avengers Endgame this is the top five MMO movie events of our lifetimes and I guess you know throughout we'll talk about how it compares to our excitement right now for Endgame. Yeah and the reason we're doing this again we want it to translate to you guys and you, all of you that listen out there we want to know what your most excited you know does this these, the excitement anticipation you have for Endgame uh, I think you're going to be listening to this on a Thursday or Friday hopefully if you're seeing it tonight tomorrow night this weekend whenever mm-hmm. does this moment before you've seen it does this anticipation remind, remind you of anything you've been through previously with yep. any other movie. We're going to date ourselves, so this is a perfect oh, yeah. time for audience interaction. <laughs> Let us know what your age is and your weight and your, your sign. <laughs> if you can give us your socials, too. Your social yeah. security number. But yeah. bottom line is, we want to know what movie events you were able to experience because you're older or younger than us. And we're going to talk about the movies that we grew up on, the movies that we saw in college, and, and, and mm-hmm. a few of us uh, that we saw out of college since we've become adults. I'm in using that word in quotes. <laughs> uh, but bottom line is, we're going to be very personal in these top fives, yeah. and we want to hear your Top fives, top threes, top ones, let us know. Absolutely. So uh, you want to start off, Mike? You want me to start? I don't care either way. 
I started the last one, so right, this I'll, is all you. I'll yeah. start it off then. And I start on kind of a somber note here. We're doing top five most excited we've been uh, for a movie. Are you going to be in let down history. with your number five? Well, this is my, yeah, this is my my only negative, my down note. And I want to talk about a story of when excitement and expectations go unfulfilled. And my number five most excited and most anticipated. So, Mike, my number five, <laughs> let's well, start on a positive. I want to say, I just want to say, you know, sometimes you get excited for a movie and oh, it my. doesn't meet expectations. God. I can't believe this. This is why I put it at number five. It's so How about an honorable mention? Oh, I have those too. But I, I thought I, I wanted to. I'll tell you what. My number six was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. That was my number six. I just missed the top five. Well, just having the VHS, and I've, I've talked about that in previous pods. Oh, okay. The white. I was going to say, are you a time traveler to nineteen thirty <laughs> something? I'm actually seventy two years old. <laughs> uh, no, it's just I've talked about that. How my mother always hyped it up to me, and not me as a young child, I always wanted to see it, but it was never available because Disney put it in the vault. So yes, having already talked about that story, I. I didn't want to include it again, so I figured I would start on a downer here, and my number five is Suicide Squad, and I don't think I'm alone Oof. there yeah. to talk about how excited I was, because that trailer got me hook, line, and sinker. Great trailer. Uh, I was in and ready to go. Harley was going to be a breath of fresh air. Jared Leto, fresh off his Oscar win, when the news of his being casted as the Joker went out, and yes. I was like, let's go, because I was in the middle of a big 30 seconds to Mars phase then. I was listening to everything he does. I was falling in love with Jared Leto, so I, I was really amped up and excited Excited to see this movie, and I thought it can't miss because we still were young and naive and weren't really sure what DCEU was yet. But here's the thing: after that trailer dropped and it got all the you know the view counts mm-hmm. that it did, and the movie made the box office that it did, basically solely on the trailer, yes. the power of that marketing. Yeah. How soon after was Bohemian Rhapsody greenlit? <laughs> probably immediately. That, That's probably a good point. Because that was long in development. Yeah. And then Bohemian Rhapsody scores the trailer. And then, my God. Yeah, right away. Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Hey, of course, that song played a huge role in the trailer. Yeah, it was so easily relatable. And all of us that grew up watching Wayne's World. Yes. And watching that scene from Wayne's World with Bohemian Rhapsody. And I think it was a genius, a stroke of genius by the marketing department of Suicide Squad. But the expectations that I was very high and very excited for Suicide Side Squad, and then I started coming up. You know, I wasn't going to see it right away because mm-hmm. I have an aversion to big crowds and I hate people. So I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't going to go see it opening night. I was like, I'll see it a couple days later. And then the reviews started coming in, right? And I was like, you know, they were middling to bad reviews. And I started coming up with excuses for myself why I wouldn't have time to see it that day. Okay. And I was like, I'll, I'll see it next weekend. I'll, I'll see it the weekend after. And then as more and more reviews started coming and I realized there was no bright line at the end of the tunnel, yeah. I never ended up seeing it in theaters. I just didn't go. Be- I, I ended up catching it after it came out on demand or something. And I was just, I, I couldn't, I was so crestfallen and Mike, disappointed. Your number five is sulking and disappointment yeah. at reading reviews and then watching <laughs> this on VOD with a thud. Yeah. God, I hate you. Yeah, I was watching. You're the worst. We'll start on a downer (laughs) and we'll go up from there. This is the movie (laughs) of Pod, and you start with just a... Yeah. Well, I want to let the people know. Sometimes your expectations don't get fulfilled, and it's not nice. I don't like it. Your glass is half full, Mike. (laughs) I'll have you know this. Because I am going to share my number five here, and it is my first movie memory. I am four years old in 1988. I can't believe you remember this. This is my first movie memory. I remember the meal after perhaps more than the trip to the movie theaters, but I do have some, like... 
slideshow in my brain of the trip to the movie theaters. My dad took my brother John and I. My brother John was like two years old. I was going to say, he had to be like an infant. (laughs) He was like two years old. And he took me, who was four years old, and his best friend, my Uncle Rick, who's really my fake Uncle Rick, Mm -hmm. took his two kids, Jen and Chris. Uh, We're still friends with them till this day. So... This was a big deal to me because this is like my first group outing to right. the movies that I can remember. But then it was a big deal. We see the land before time. This is Littlefoot, Ducky, and Sarah. This, this is the is first the, land before time. This movie. is the first land before time movie. This is 1988. This is a dinosaur movie. It is a great epic, and it's ri- it stands up to this day. I, I don't watched even, it. I don't even remember it being released in theaters, honestly, so this is news to me. I have watched it years later, and it, it, it's terrific. I've shown it to four of my younger brothers, all four of sure. them, over the last 20 years. We've loved it every time. There's obviously been upteenth sequels, but the bottom line, that first story with Littlefoot basically on the run, mm-hmm. just the stake. Talk about a cartoon movie with high stakes. Sure. You got a Tyrannosaurus Rex hunting little baby dinosaurs. Yeah, that was during the period of these, like, kids quote-unquote movies that were not really made for intended for kids at all not at they all. were like legitimately scary and harrowing scenes and there's there's one crazy scene after another they meet up with triceratops they almost get yeah. stampeded there's pterodactyls involved you got this little pterodactyl petri who's adorable so did well. four-year-old also mike did he just take all of this all this scary stuff on the nose and not flinch I loved it. I remember loving it. I remember just feeling on cloud nine and like high fiving my my two friends and my brother thought it was the, we thought it was the biggest deal in the world. It just cemented awesome. my movie going love from it's definitely theater going love from then on. Yeah, that opened Pandora's box for you. And you know, I don't know if this is a blessing or a curse, but afterwards we go to Pizza Hut. I thought you were going to say Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. We go to Pizza Hut, and it's a sit-down Pizza Hut in West Haven at the... I'm sorry, it's Fairfield at the time. Okay. It's in Fairfield at the time. A sit-down Pizza Hut. It might have been West Haven. It's one of the two. Anyway, nobody cares. (laughs) We go to a sit-down Pizza Hut because they have the Land Before Time toys. These are hand puppets. And we each get to choose, because it's like the opening day or whatever, which dinosaur we want. I think I got Littlefoot. No shit you're a cinephile if this was like one of your first memories. It's one of my first memories. How cool was that? It was your dad and your uncle to do that for you guys. It was great. And then I have an attachment to Pizza Hut pizza to this day. When we saw something with right. Pizza Hut, that little you know pan pizza at the Cinemark. So you were just having like flashbacks I was, of... Yeah. Happy memories, nostalgia. Yeah. It was the greatest thing. So <laughs> that could have been ketchup on cardboard with sprinkled cheese, and you would have been in. Oh, uh, to this day, I, I will enjoy a Pizza Hut pizza because of that memory. So that's my number five. See, and that, I, I'm glad I went first then because I started on a downer, and you immediately pick it back up. That is such a heartwarming, Good. beautiful story. What a nice job of your dad and uncle too, though. Seriously, to go yes. from because God knows it is not easy hanging out with small children all day. No, <laughs> you know, to take them from a movie, especially with your little brother there who had to be do like you said yeah. and then go immediately after to an outing together that was awesome that's they're, awesome they're troopers to go to pizza which they probably didn't like i mean they're old italian guys the right both of them. true so they don't want to go to pizza yeah, they're, they're real they deal get, italian still yeah so <laughs> they they want to go to you know giuseppe Amores. they don't want to go to pizza Hut. they want to go to you know especially you're in fairfield with all, and, yeah and or west if we were in west haven right then we could have gone the, to new yeah, haven all, 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 all the worcester street yeah. there yeah so but we went to pizza hut had and they got us a toy that's awesome. That's great. What a nice story. Uh, number four for me. 
Inception, the Christopher Nolan film. It was the nice. first uh, New York City big theater experience. Now tell me how you hated it. Uh, I didn't. Oh, I good. didn't. This is a good. nice story, and actually, it was my first introduction <laughs> to seeing uh, uh, like the Social Network. I think was on a, on a poster there. That was my first exposure to it. But I, this was my. First, I was there opening night. It was opening weekend. I think mm-hmm. I just happened to be there because the the girl I was dating at the time lived in New York, and so we did like alternating weekends. We decided to see a movie, and this just it wasn't planned ahead of time. But I was like, this was the first time in my life all right listen i'm a big guy okay <laughs> i am not cut out to walk around new york city uh, it's just never been something i like people talk about the magic of manhattan i get it i understand it it's just never been for me i've always said when it comes to new york city why are there this many people and so few places to sit all right <laughs> that's just been my thing so i've never really uh, related to when people have like the wonder in their eyes about nyc mm-hmm. except for this moment because i was just in rap i like i got it there was a huge crowd of people everyone was all excited about the same thing we were all like the the anticipation was literally palpable yeah and i had the new york city walk because we had to walk from the apartment to the movie theater it was a nice beautiful night beautiful summer night it was people everywhere it was actually nice one of the times i actually didn't end up hating people uh and then <laughs> so we see the movie like everyone else i'm on the edge of my seat the entire crowd packed theater right is on the edge of the seats and we're all waiting on that last shot to see what happens right and the screen cuts to black okay the outrage in that theater like grown men and women just utterly yes. disgusted that Christopher Nolan would dare to make an ambiguous ending where the audience had to think for themselves that's great and I was I was all about it. I thought it was hysterical that people were this offended by it and it actually kind of was like the first movie critic take of mine because yeah. I was I remember thinking in that moment I bet this is going to go to... I bet we're not going to get an answer. Mm-hmm. I, like, seconds before the screen went, I'm like, I bet this is just going to be where we end it. New York audiences, at least in Midtown, they're usually fairly polite during the film, but at the end of the film, oh, yeah. with a last shot, <laughs> they will just hail fire and brimstone at the Oh, it was, it, was, it was on the... People would, like, wanted blood. They were just, like, so offended that this could possibly happen to them. Um, and then I went right back to hating New York City because I had to walk all the way back to the apartment and it was trash everywhere and it was dark and I'm Taxi, I was sweating and I was subway. Not, we should have, but we didn't. So I can't do subway. I just can't. I cannot. I just don't have it in me. I get scared. I'm a coward. I'm not a man, Mike. <laughs> You're germaphobe. Anyway, Inception. Really high on Inception. <laughs> <laughs> Great story, Mike. My number four is Inglorious Bastards, and I'm asking you now: Were you there when we saw this at 2009? Because your friends, my brother John's uh-huh. friends, a lot of your college roommates and friends were there with me. We went to Milford. This is Tim and Lindsay. This is Frank mm-hmm. and Emily. They're married to this day. Yeah, I don't think I was. John and Lauren, of course. Okay, so th- Mike was not there. He ditched us. But I went with my brother's As friends, some of do. my friends, my brothers. This was a movie event for me because I'm a year or two out of film school. I'm loving Tarantino movies because I studied them for four years. I'm crazy That's over this new release. Pretty cool. So you start with story one about this is kind of kicking the door to your loving movies, the mm-hmm. first earliest memory you have. And now you're immediately coming full circle to having done taken that love of movies through film school and now you're on the all educated up yes and tarantino was pitching this for 10 years Mm. or he was working on it for 10 years this is supposed to be his masterpiece 
after loving the Kill Bills through college. Like, sure. I loved the Kill Bills so much in college. I loved the Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs before college. And then the Kill Bills through college, I was just, I could, I was salivating for this movie. It was the event of the summer. There's something about being in the moment with those movies, too. You know, like, yeah, like, yeah Reservoir Dogs obviously are great. Pulp Fiction's great. But mm-hmm. seeing those after they come out, years after they come out, as opposed to living the experience and anticipation and then seeing a great movie and living in the moment with a great movie, there's something different about it. I, yeah. And the trailer marketed basically the first scene, which is just, I loved right at that time. I was like, this is genius marketing because we're getting that introduction to the bastards with the sure. movie trailer. So like, I have no, just like Avengers Endgame, really, because Avengers Endgame, we, by all accounts, all the marketing has been for the early parts right. of the movie. So I just think that's brilliant when you can sell act one and sell the setup Kill of sign. the film. Yep. So I'm, I'm all about Inglorious Bastards. We go with a huge group of friends, which just makes me really happy because I don't usually socialize with other human beings. <laughs> but this is a way for me to, t- you know, tentatively socialize. With I have friends beings. too. <laughs> I pretended for a moment like I had a, b- a big group of friends. But I, I also went with some of my friends, so it was good. I could not have been more juiced up. The movie hits the screen, and it's slower than I anticipated, but I am just relishing every minute. The Christoph Waltz scenes are phenomenal. I love the storyline with with the French theater. I loved it. And then, obviously, when that movie goes off the rails, batshit at yeah. the end, one of the greatest spectacles ever seen. And it, to, to this day, rewatching that film is one of my favorite things. I do it on an annual basis. It is one of my top ten films of all time. So, Mike, we, we come to the last scene of that movie, and we're all just, like, sweating in, in, in our crowd. <laughs> <laughs> are just like we're, we're, our faces are red and I'm looking around at us and we're all red face we're all inten- it's an intense movie going sure. experience and one of the faces is redder than the next and of course you got that last scene that is gory and a little scary and Lindsay Tim's current mm-hmm. wife passes out out. Oh no way! <laughs> she passes out oh, in no. the theater. We have to call emergency services. Oh no! Emergency services. Was the air there. conditioning not on? Or something? I don't remember. <laughs> but bottom line, it was crazy. She passed out in the theater. Oh jeez! And I just remember her on like a. I think it was she was on like a stretcher yeah, or whatever. Oh, yeah. They're they don't wheeling. Take any, they, yeah, yeah. They're taking no chances. And I remember the EMT asking Tim, Tim, you're the boyfriend. Is she pregnant? And the look on Tim's face was priceless. <laughs> they have two kids. They have a wonderful family nowadays. We love them so much. We see them uh, occasionally, and it's it's awesome. But they have two beautiful children now. But by then, they're one year out of college. Right. You're in your senior year. I forget what it is. But oh they, my gosh! And it just for her to pass out from that scene, I can't get <laughs> over. I it. like how you chalk it up to Tarantino and not at all that like the mechanical of the AC may have been down. In the Maybe, theater. but I heard I heard he did this in Reservoir Dogs, his first screening like ever at his birth big screening you know the michael madsen scene stuck in the middle with Mm -hmm. you scene people passed out people left the theater so i remember going into the ramp up of inglorious bastards like this movie is like that and you are going to freak the hell out and i remember reading all those stories and i consumed all the media in the world for that that movie and of course it comes to fruition right at the end of my my screening in your party no less not like some random person and and Lindsay is okay to this day like i told you we we both are friends with her and she has a beautiful family it's funny everything ended well yes funny now so as as a a a graduate of film school where 
you may have been hoity, fed some hoity-toitiness. Right. Did the ending, did the way Tarantino plays with history, uh, you were accepting of that right away? Oh, you didn't loved have any it. Issues? I okay. loved it. I loved the retconning. I, I'm a huge fan of it. It was right in there. I was so happy about it. I wasn't angry at all. Because it just, <laughs> it's such a payoff. It and, is. And nobody pays things off like Tarantino. Maybe, except maybe the Russo brothers. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, great story. Uh, my number three, uh, my top three, I will warn you, there's two of them are horror movie related. Good. Um, shock of shocks. But I, I've been toying with the order of one, two, and three. This was number one up until about five minutes before we started recording. Yes, so sir. It's not a good movie. <laughs> It's, uh, That's all right. It's Freddy versus Jason. Okay. okay. Now I know it's a, it's a horror movie, and it's worse. It's it's a middling, mediocre horror movie. <laughs> but this was the first time I think I was sixteen or fifteen when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the first time in my life I binged an entire franchise or two leading up to and specifically for a movie. Yes. It's a practice I would repeat years later with Harry Potter movies, X-Men movies, and of course, Mike, Mike, and Oscar has done it, and we've integrated it into our showing, our, our podcast here for movies and movie events that we do. So two questions for you. Were you hearing dogs talking to you, <laughs> telling you to murder people? You know what's crazy? Like, I remember specifically, vividly, watching i think it was the second nightmare it was one of the nightmares and it was late at night i was by myself watching it yeah and it was some spooky part had just happened and immediately there was a huge commotion right outside yeah. and my neighbors apparently had gotten into some giant dispute it was a girl my age at the time and her mother had called the cops on her and oh. i was like holy shit <laughs> like yeah. like in my like it was just a dispute but in my mind watching freddy krueger i was like did she get possessed oh no <laughs> you so you were rattled oh yeah i went right ran over i was like what's going on what happened <laughs> so question number two is d- did this experience spur you because you had the idea to rewatch the mcu and do a series on yeah it. Did that experience of rewatching those movies that fast and really diving into them spur you to ask me to, all right, let's rewatch the whole MCU and we keep doing that? Yes, and because I'm selfish and I like doing this as a practice anyway. <laughs> no, it's cool. I like it. I like it. That's good. It's so, good. It's so the yeah, foundation. I, I not only rewatched the entire Nightmare franchise leading up to it, I actually went out. I still have it to this day. I know exactly where it is. I went out and bought the collector's edition DVD set of all the Nightmare movies. Right. Just to prepare myself for that watching. So your team Freddy now. <sighs> or you know you like Jason too. You know man, I I've never really parsed all I know is I'm team Mike. You know, I'm team Michael. Okay. <laughs> so I've never really chosen side between them cuz in my head it's always like just wait till Myers comes in, man. You don't even know. <laughs> you know. So basically, you're thinking this is the matchup for the number one contender spot for the title shot, mm-hmm. and you think its next movie is Michael Myers versus whoever. No, wins. because it's different studios, so I know Myers is never going to oh, be introduced. You, you were aware of that. I was aware then. of that. I, I had looked it up because I was my first thought when I heard about this movie was like, why isn't Myers in this? <laughs> so uh, yeah, and I remember I, I worked through all the Nightmare DVDs, mm-hmm. and I just remember being so amped up, and I ended up seeing the movie at my local Podunk theater on like some random Saturday. It wasn't even opening weekend. I think it was me and three other people in the theater. Yeah. And I was like fucking amped and ready to go. And it you're was an the, okay movie. <laughs> you're doing the bushwhacker. Right. Oh yeah. You I know, was I walk. dude I'm surprised I didn't show up with like knife claw hands, you know, and like a hockey mask. <laughs> For younger people, he's doing the Connor McGregor walk in the uh in the aisles. The Vince McMahon j- gif walk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was it though. I was I was up and ready to go and that was the first time I made an an absurd purchase specifically for the 
uh, point of rewatching all these films in the this lead up. This is so telling yeah. to you as a person today, <laughs> all your blind buys, yes. all your, your ability to binge. Because it watch. worked out one time for me, so now that is gospel. <laughs> <laughs> you hold grudges, but you also love deeply in your heart. Yes. So you're, you have both ends of the spectrum, yeah. which is very. I am Radio Rahim. Encouraging yeah. to me. <laughs> yes. My number three is The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Michael, this is 2001. This makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because it, it's, it formed me. Yeah, sure. It formed this who is, I am today. You are still, to this day, a huge fan of this franchise. It's my sophomore year in high school. My freshman year in high school, knowing that the movie was coming out the year later, I consumed so much material for this film, so much of the hype. Isn't that crazy how that's the go-to? Right? Like, yeah. you just want to seek out everything you can, and that's where your attachment comes from, like... You just yes. get invested. Everything. And it's all because my freshman year English teacher had The Lord of the Rings as one of the options for our year-long research paper. Oh! And I read all three Lord of the Rings for my year-long research paper, which ultimately made me love not only the series, but the genre. I'd never read fantasy fiction So that before. was your first exposure to anything fantasy? My first exposure to anything Literature, fantasy anyway. my fr- freshman year of high school and I remember writing a kick-ass paper getting an A-plus, like a hundred on it because he was a big Lord of the Rings nerd too. I see. This is... Mr. Yannisey. If you're still out there, Mr. Yannisey, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Because, I, and I just, re- I remember following the trailers. I remember following the news. There was one ring to rule them all website. I remember looking at that daily. Oh, wow. There was, I there was dial-up problems, remember? With oh, the, uh, I, I had rem- those until like college. <laughs> I remember watching the buffering for like 20, 30 minutes waiting to watch the trailer the night it debuted. That's awesome. That first trailer. And I remember it was just like, a, it was a snippet. It was a longer teaser, but it was not enough. Right. But just like them walking over the mountain, that scene where the I whole remember fell. it. Oh my God, was it awesome. And I just remember re-watching that like a hundred times and probably it took me like eight hours to do because the buffering would take so long <laughs> or whatever the, maybe, I don't remember. But bottom line is I, I was, I never have been more excited and I was never more easily hypnotized. And you had to, that had to be paid off for you. The beginning of this movie, right from the just the score, right from the prologue, I was literally right. engulfed. I don't remember like that first viewing. I remember it going by in a flash. I'm I was sure. just consumed, and I would go back to this movie four more times. And I remember in theaters. In theaters, I remember getting the goosebumps of a lifetime with the Casa Doom sequence, with all the action sequences. But you shall not pass. I remember the like my whole. It was a whole body goosebump experience it just like went from my toes right to up to my neck it was I, something like i never had before and I, I was obsessed with the series ever since it was just great i think you just described why it's ridiculous to think that a three-hour runtime will prohibit casual viewers from seeing no, because no. you don't even know with endgame what kind of new crazy obsessive fans you're gonna make with this right. movie you know what i mean it could be a whole it could be a kid that started with this when mcu started a kid could have been you know four years old and now he's gonna be 14 yep. watching endgame and this could reintroduce him to a whole new obsession in his life. wrestlemania will go seven exactly. and a half hours the super bowl will go minimum four hours the draft this thursday night's gonna go three and a half mm-hmm. hours probably the oscars will go four hours and all of us that love it will watch yeah. it and love every second of it and you're gonna get new fans along the way it's interesting too your top three and my top three as well you're kind of seeing 
not only are these the movies we were most excited to see, but it's like the formation of who we are now. Like you started yeah. off, you kicked in the door as a cinephile with your first one of your earliest <laughs> memories. You go through film school with that love of cinema, mm -hmm. and then you see a Tarantino movie, which who you are still obsessed with to this day. Mm -hmm. And now your number three here is Lord of the Rings, and you're a huge Hobbit guy as well. Yep. Uh, you can say the same about me with the horror movies and, and the background of all that, and the hating people and being disappointed chronically. It all tells us <laughs> something about Mike. That's what this podcast is today <laughs> uh my number two i think we both have this franchise in here somewhere without giving too much away but cool my number two is episode three revenge of the sith nice from star wars uh this was the second time in my life i did a serious rewatch leading into a new movie specifically very cool uh episode three was the most over the top i think i was for the film because for any film because i went not only to the midnight's showing mm -hmm. one of the only midnight showings i've actually been to, and i'm not even a huge star wars guy right it was just such a cultural event and we were finally going to see vader be vader were we ever going to get a star wars movie again? exactly there was so many never again right and in that vein uh i so i saw episode three for the first time on the midnight screening i was wowed by it i thought it was awesome i did too i liked it a couple days later my friends and i decided it was our senior year i think i might have told this story before i'm not sure but i'll give you the quick version it was our senior so. year of yeah. high school and we all decided for senior skip day let's wake up early and mm -hmm. let's plan out our day to watch all six Star Wars movies. Wow. So, <laughs> having already seen episode three, we started chronologically, not chronologically, we started numerically, I guess. Mm -hmm. So we went one, two, three, four, five, six. God help you if we ever start a Twitch account. <laughs> <laughs> just leave the camera on forever. It's just me staring blankly. Uh, so we planned our day. I got to my buddy's house. It was me, I think four of my friends, five of my friends. We all decided to skip school. I got to my buddy's house earlier than I would have had I gone to school that day. <laughs> uh, we started episode one, episode two. We saw an episode three showing at the local Podunk Theater I always go to yeah. at, like, I think noon or one o'clock. Got some lunch. Went back to my buddy's house. Went four, five, six. I think we finished up at, like, 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. that day. I want to say that's so cool, but it's not cool, but it's really incredible I've me. been single for a lot in my life. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I have binge-watched TV shows, but that's just because it's laundry day. I have never done, like, a... And I've, Marathon? I've watched like four movies in a day plenty yeah, of times, but I've never watched a lot of times, but I've never watched like from start to the end of the day, just rewatched all of the same franchise. Oh, I think you gotta try it. You gotta, gotta try, try it. it. Yeah. It's, it's just it's a it, different experience. It gives you such a, uh, just a useless feeling of accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris Reinecker rewatches the Star Wars movies and puts them out in 15 right. videos. And that new video, by the way, for Empire Strikes Hysterical. Back, phenomenal. Yeah. It's really funny. And he did, you know, obviously a new hope for the first video, listen to our interview, et cetera, et cetera. Plug over. <laughs> but he does it in 15 minutes. If he we... does it for content. Right. I do it. Because I'm a crazy person. And if we did start a Twitch account, <laughs> it would be the crazy person's Twitch, Twitch it account. It would be the most boring. It would literally be me just staring at a screen, eating various things that crunch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Mike, my number two is The Dark Knight. Yes, I, I thought about putting it on my list as well. This is perhaps the biggest movie event of my life in terms of box office traffic to get to the movies, to leave the movies jam-packed theaters this is another film i saw four times in a movie theater three the opening weekend were you in new york at this time or were you back in i i was back home okay. uh for the summer this is july 17th midnight showing was my first trip it was the true midnight screening 
Mike, I was just blown the hell away by the Joker scenes. Talk about goosebumps. Uh, I couldn't get over it. I was sitting in one of the front front rows. Like, I had to work that night, and I, I remember getting to the theater late. I'm, like, looking straight up at the uh, Joker, and it's just verticality, but I still loved every second of it. The next day, I go back. Is that our generation's Hannibal Lecter? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the one character all of us that are the same age are like, I remember. Frightening, fascinating, both goosebump-inducing, yeah. like I said. So the next day, I actually get there super early the next night, and I'm sitting in, like, a prime seat, middle of the screen, and it just it, it really blew me away, like, the whole composition of the film. That weekend, I go and visit my college friends in Brooklyn. Okay. It took us so long to get into the theater. I just remember the crowd at this Brooklyn shopping mall to this, the size So this of is the still crowd. opening weekend. This is still opening okay. weekend. I couldn't get over it. We have a great time watching the movie. Once again, I'm still picking up things. Leaving the theater, Mike, for this Brooklyn showing, leaving the theater was like leaving a football stadium after an NFL game. Oh, wow. It took us like an hour to clear traffic to get out of this of the theater. From just but, a movie? For a movie. Holy shit. It was unreal because we didn't see like a night showing. We saw like a three and eight o'clock in the afternoon on I a mean, Sunday. that's even more impressive, to be honest, because you would think Saturday night people would plan their day around yeah, I it. think it was, it might have been Saturday, it might have been sun, Sunday, but I, I saw it three out of the four days there. I thought it was Sunday, but we saw it like three o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. And by six o'clock at night, we are jam-packed. We're in a log jam to get out. Unbelievable. I never experienced anything like it. Trip number four is a couple weeks later. And we go to the AMC, I think it's the AMC Lowe's in Midtown with the biggest IMAX screen, mm -hmm. other than the one that's coming out in Germany. Sure. I can't get over how big this screen is. <laughs> this is a family trip now. So this is my mom and dad and brothers. I got four of them. And we're blown away. But for most of us, my mother can't even look at the screen. She gets like vertigo and mission, uh, motion Dude, why sickness. why did she go? Why did she go? Why did she not go into another movie? Why did she believe us? Maybe she, she wanted to have a then? family moment. She wanted to have a family moment, but the endurance on my mother to basically oh, yeah. look at her feet for the entire film. I, I literally kept looking over because I was feeling bad that she was having a bad experience. So she just stared down and she just listened? She stared down at her feet, listened to that whole movie. The endurance she oh, had. Oh, shit. Just the willpower. It was something like I never saw before Good in my job, life. Good job, Mama I also, Mike. She has five kids, so she has willpower. That's also true, yes. And an ironclad <laughs> She is a soldier. <laughs> yeah, so she was she soldiered on and had a bad time, obviously, but the rest of us were like, wow, this is so great. It's so big. <laughs> this is the greatest moment of my life. And it was great. Who spearheaded the family outing that day? Was it oh, you? Oh, it was me. You, yeah, it was 100%. So you told your, like, we have to see this? And we have to see it in IMAX. Okay. And that was the draw. Let's go see the biggest IMAX screen, like, in the world at the time. I can't even fathom. I have a smaller, much smaller family than you. I can't even fathom getting my family together to go to New York to do something. <laughs> well, we were there all day. I think we had uh, we had uh, Yankee game. We did a big meal. You saw a Yankee game before that? I think it was an early, and we saw it at night. We were there all day. Holy it was a huge God. deal. I think we were there for the weekend, actually. I think we were there for the weekend, and this was one part Damn, of our trip. Right. But we, we definitely did a lot that weekend. Bottom line is, leaving the theater, you know you're in New York when you pass Jay-Z and Beyonce. As far as I am to you, is me and uh, me and Jay Z. I pass Jay Z like me to you. I walk by him and then do a snap my neck, almost snap my neck in half because I recognize who it Holy is. Shit. It is Jay Z, and he's getting hustled out of his car. It's him and Beyonce getting hustled out of their car by two 
humongous, enormous bodyguards. So you can't miss them. Their faces are so distinct. My whole family is walking out like a bunch of goobers and we just like stop and freeze. And even my mother knows who Beyonce is. Beyonce was gorgeous beyond belief. It's like seeing Mother Mary. It was like seeing an angel. <laughs> I could not believe how beautiful this human being was oh. in person. Another So species. this was the parking lot. And I couldn't get over This is like the front. So the front entrance to Lowe's. Okay. This, okay. Is, that, okay. this is streets of Manhattan. I think it's 34th Street where this theater is. I don't think this is Times Square. I think it's 34th Street. And we walk out and we just pass them. And we stop. The bodyguards don't even pay attention to us because we're not threatening. Right, of course. But bottom line is we're, I'm literally like two feet away from That's Jay-Z. Amazing. Beyonce walks around the other way. My brother David, who's a huge hip-hop fan at the right? time, sure. is literally doing cartwheels. Literally doing cartwheels after they get inside <laughs> because like his heroes just walked in. And she's a goddess. And I couldn't get over how tall they both were. And I this that's I, amazing. They're both like six one, six two. They're both and in heels. She was so tall. So they're rushing in to see a screening of whatever it was. Maybe the well, dark that's what night. I was going to ask you. You have to think it had to be the Dark Knight. But it was, it was that co- weekend. It was a couple weeks later. This oh, is a I couple see. weeks right. later. So I don't know what they were seeing, but they were seeing something. They were getting whisked that in. That is awesome. You should have offered to buy him popcorn. Hove. I wish I could. Let me buy a popcorn. I wish I could have said anything. I said nothing. I distinctly remember saying nothing. Jay Z and Beyonce are there, and it was crazy because later, like a summer later, I would see them. I went to not the White Stripes, but the the Dead Weather starts, and then I'm in this tiny little concert hall. It was their debut concert, pretty much. The album just dropped, not their debut concert. Maybe it was their tenth, but it's the beginning of the tour. And of course, like we're standing. Right in front of the stage, I forget which New York City venue I'm at. I look straight up, and there's Jay Z and Beyonce again. <laughs> it's crazy. So maybe, maybe Jay Z is like your guardian angel. <laughs> well, Beyonce would be the angel. Well, yeah, right, Jay- right. But... Jay Z would be the devil. <laughs> that's amazing. Crazy stories. That's awesome. Uh, that's I mean that's and that's why people get in love with New York because shit like that doesn't happen in like New Haven, Connecticut. No, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was bizarre. It floored me, speechless. I couldn't speak for like an hour. <laughs> that's funny too. You go from anticipating like having to see this movie, you're going to see it your fourth time this weekend. You think this is going to be the highlight? This is going to be the story that right. you have to share from that. And all of a sudden, Hova and Bay walk in, <laughs> Queen Bee, <laughs> totally right. change the narrative. God, that's awesome. That is amazing. That is amazing, and that's uh, a part of the reason I love doing these uh, these countdown lists, our top five life moment lists. Uh, my number one, I can't match that story at all. Uh, <laughs> but my number one, I, I thought about putting it two or three, but the, the anticipation I felt for Scream Four was nice. unlike anything that I had ever experienced. The closest I have, I think, might be the Halloween rewatch we did. Right. In the lead up to Honorable that. mention but, for me as well. Yeah. It, the, the feeling of, like, my family, it's, it's like a reunion. Like yeah. a family reunion. I'm seeing all these people that I grew up with and spent time with over my formative years. Because you're re-watching the Scream movies Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm re-watching them. I'm posting about them on forums. Yeah. I'm, fucking, I'm, I'm all out. And it was a weird time, too, because, you know, 2011... horror was in this odd spot. We weren't quite at the cabin in the woods that don't follow the new age horror stuff. We were still kind of figuring out where we were going with horror. We're transitioning. Right. And and so we had that. This was an old standby. This was rumored to be in production or at least getting the green light forever. Just like Scream 5 is now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I remember going online Mm -hmm. daily 
this was an IMD, the IMDb boards were still around. Isn't that most I of was, the fun? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Looking back on it, it is infuriating <laughs> at the time. I couldn't stand it. I did, this is the same pattern I did when Blink One Eighty Two broke up. When there were rumors about them getting back together, Obsession. I remember. I just would. I would search. Fandom for is hours. Fandom is not rational. It is, <laughs> no. no matter what Ken Knapsack says in the Ken Knapsack paradox, the Knapsacks. <laughs> you know, yes, you can speculate responsibly at times, but usually fandom is just absolutely. You lose yourself. Going crazy. Yeah. You absolutely lose yourself. And I just remember searching the IMDb message boards, going through all these sites that I'm sure gave my computer viruses, trying to find any hope mm-hmm. that this movie was actually going to happen. So when it was finally greenlit in 2010, right. I was like over the moon. I, 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 I was like, I can't believe they're actually doing it. They're getting the band back together. Williamson's mm-hmm. back in. Wes Craven's back in. I was like so amped up beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the movie, to me, did not disappoint. I, it was cathartic, and it was exactly like any other Scream experience I had. It fit the tone and the narrative perfectly, I thought, and I was all in for it. But it was just, I remember just spending so many hours searching out any kind of information for this. <laughs> I did the same thing for after Halloween Resurrection before yeah. they rebooted Halloween. I did the same thing for Blink-182. Like I said, I was like an amateur sleuth. just try, Except I had no sources. I was just an idiot <laughs> online looking through any for any hope. Most of us are. And, and, but that's fun. That's, that's, it was. That it is, was. Like, I said, it's, like again, it's fun, fun now. Right. Right? Like when you're doing it, you can't tell people you're doing that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you get the side eye. It's amazing how this is formulated. Like, now we do these things, long-term as well, but we do these things from week to week now, day-to-day now, and how we study for our episodes and how we prepare our episodes. We really do it. We're doing the same thing. We haven't changed. No. Shit don't change. We've just just changed the lens through which our psychosis is viewed, I think, (laughs) and that we have microphones now. (laughs) We have microphones now is the thesis statement. Mike, my number one is Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. So you were a little older than than I was. So the the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, you were what in high school? I am in eighth grade, I believe, okay. in 1999. I might be a freshman in high school. I'm in one of those two years. I don't remember. Was, I thought this was a winter release, so I'm probably in eighth grade. Was maybe. Star Wars? No, probably in high school. Though. A big deal to you at that point? It was a very big deal. It was a bigger deal to my younger brothers who okay. loved it even more. But I grew up on it. Uh, you know, whenever I went to my uncle Al's house for one, he that was one of the series he let us watch. Like, you see, he had a great video collection. He had a VHS collection of four drawers. I remember just combing through his VHS collection. I can't believe I'm telling this story. And just, like, mesmerized one VHS. I would just look through. Can I watch this? No. Can I watch this? No. Godfather? No. 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 But Star Wars is something he let us watch. And, yeah, that was my first experience with Star Wars. I watched. He would only let us watch the first one. It was years later until he let us watch Empire. And uh, it was crazy. Really? I used to love going to my Uncle Al's house because it was movie night. That meant movie night for me, so it was so much fun. So Star Wars Episode One was a huge deal at the time. Everybody was super amped. And for my money, it was a really good popcorn movie. I know it's been it's gotten a lot of flack since then. Right. Obviously, it's not the same kind of Star Wars movie as the original trilogy. And if you rewatch it today, it's got glaring flaws. But here's the thing: I'm a seventh, I'm an eighth or ninth grader. And I'm there with my little brothers, with all my school friends. Again, epic group of people. My two little brothers, Dave and Cliff, brought their lightsabers that unfurl, <laughs> that light up. They brought their newly into bought the theater? lightsabers into the theater. Oh, my goodness. This is after school, right? So this is uh, just a 
a crowd filled with kids and nerds, and it's packed. <laughs> I remember the round of applause when that opening you know, crawl. Da, da, da. Yeah. When that opening crawl, I never experienced a round of applause like that in a theater. <laughs> and this is just a random showing. Right. This is just in, in Connecticut. That round of applause. And then the fighting, and everybody is in awe of these new school Jedis. And th- that fight sequence was awesome. The score was awesome. The villain, Darth Maul, awesome. Legendary. So we're really hyped up after the movie. I remember, like, I wasn't to- mixed back then. This was just a great experience. But here's what made it a, the movie event that I will never forget. We're lingering because we're a group of friends and we're waiting for our parents to pick us up because we're seventh, eighth, ninth grade. We're lingering in the theater because we know they're going to pick us up later. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a couple groups of us, right? There's, I, I, there's read like your, another, I read your notes on this, so I'm very excited to hear you talk. There's like another 20 kids in there, and there's a couple nerds still watching the credits. My brother Dave is a showboat. Always <laughs> You've talked been. about him on the show before. So this is, he's born in 1991, and what year is this? 1999, so he's eight years old. <laughs> And he's a pipsqueak. He's he was shorter a than comedian, the average bear. A performance comedian before his time. Yeah, and he's shorter <laughs> than the average bear. And my my buddy Tom is a huge offensive lineman friend of mine mm-hmm. who'd go on to coach at major college football, and he's still coaching his day like I am. But he's he is my best friend at the time, and he's like fully grown at this time right. too. He's like six two, six three, whatever he is, and uh, he's enormous, and he's a big glunky kid. And you have my tiny little pipsqueak brother, who's got all this coordination, gets the lightsaber and goes, <laughs> and he makes a sound effect, and he does the coolest stance ever. And, and I remember Tom swiping the lightsaber from my brother Cliff. And just like pointing at, at at Dave, just like and Dave literally goes to fight Tom in the aisles, hitting and spinning the same way the Jedi's are doing it in the movie. The crowd is going nuts. It's like twenty people screaming for him, and it just it, the, the crescendo of the whole thing was after they're just going back and forth and back and forth, and everybody going nuts. Dave like is cornered by Tom, and what is Dave gonna do? Is he gonna fall back down the movie theater towards the screen? No, little eight year old david leaps onto the stairs he leaps onto the i'm sorry the seats he leaps onto the seats and i don't know how he did it because obviously the, the it just folds up right? right he leaps onto the seats and now he is just like almost falling i have the high ground he has the high ground and tom is, is going through an aisle of seats with him and they are fighting barely touching tips of the swords but they're like a, 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 a aisle away and the crowd just went berserk with the size differential between the two it was like a real life reenactment of episode two between Yoda and Count Dooku. <laughs> it was incredible. It was like the mountain versus the scorpion in Game of Thrones. It was just one of the most incredible sights to behold. I remember every, we got applause even when we went outside to get picked up by our parents. Your brother Dave has a history of like holding theaters hostage with yeah. his performances. <laughs> and for better or worse, he always puts on a show. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. I like his willingness and I like also Tom just immediately picking up on it like, oh, we're going. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. This is happening. We're hamming this up. I got you, eight-year-old kid. <laughs> just he, Tom doesn't have any younger brothers. He's the younger brother, so ah, it's just like his favorite. Right, thing. It's like this is my he's chance. Right. 
<laughs> He's got a bunch of kids now, too. Eight uh, great story there. Look, this is why we did this, to reminisce and talk a little bit, a little bit, a little bit about ourselves. But we certainly want to know what your memories are. How hyped are you for Endgame? Does it bring in any memories or any nostalgia about some movies of the yesteryear that you've seen and are related to? It doesn't even have to be movies, to be honest. If you have any kind of story, like uh, any kind of performance, like Mike just said, that went on in the theater, any kind of... Uh, insane research you did for like I did with Blink-182. We want to hear about that. Yeah. We just want to hear about your kind of uh, your nerdgasms as they are and what kind of uh, what you remember fondly from anticipating something. Send us a thread on Twitter. Yeah. Send us a direct message if it's a longer story. Send us an email. You know, Mike, Mike and Oscar at gmail.com and if we can we'll, we'll def- we definitely want to read these uh, at a later date for an MMOW audience interaction. So this is MMO asks, what are your top five movie events, your top three, your top one? You have a story, let us know, and we'll gladly share it with the audience at large. Yeah, we're not done with Avengers Endgame, not by a long shot. This is the end of the preview section for it. We hope you, everyone out there enjoys it. We hope it does live up to the hype for whatever you're expecting. Uh, Send us your Avengers Endgame experience. Certainly, and we're going to have a couple review episodes. We're not going to handle it like every other review for a movie event that we've done uh, mm-hmm. if we need to give it the uh, full Oscar because sprint. everybody's doing exactly that. I mean you're going to get more than your fill out there if we need to do a full OSP treatment for it we hope we will uh, mm-hmm. we definitely will handle that later on down as the year goes down towards award season but we have a couple other ideas in mind for right now we have something uh, really special lined up the couple uh, like a week after Endgame yep. for another a week from now so that'll be fun for you guys can't wait to let you in on what's going on there and we have a different sort of uh, review happening that we have in mind for we think that's going to be recorded Friday and hopefully out for you guys Saturday. We think. So uh, if you haven't seen it yet, don't worry. If you have seen it, we want to know your thoughts just as well. But yeah, definitely just talk to us. Let us know your top five most anticipated movies. Let us know what you thought about Avengers. And let, let us know even what you hope to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have don't, our death pool that just came out uh, this past Monday as well, talking about who we think will see their demises and who we think will definitely see their games ended. Uh, pun intended. We had a guess the plot episode where mine was inferior to anything I'm <laughs> guessing we're going to see and yours was maybe superior in scope somehow uh, for the executives yes <laughs> for the executives attached to marvel and abc yes. you're apocalyptic i'm just <laughs> liptic i don't know uh, guys we want to hear from you you can reach out to us we are mike mike and oscar on facebook mike mike and oscar on instagram mm and oscar on twitter mike mike and oscar at gmail.com.com and on reddit we are available everywhere you hear podcasts tune in stitcher soundcloud itunes spotify google play etc etc michael very sentimental and nostalgic episode what are some words of wisdom for us to go into endgame with movies can be events you know they can be hallmarks in your life and timestamps and and means so much and that's why we do this and this is one of the reasons why mike mike and oscar is not just an oscar pod it's a movie pod it's not just a movie pod it's an oscar pod we're we're a year-round celebration of film and and we're a film appreciation podcast above all yes well said sir well said uh guys when reality sucks you can come watch movies with us we will check you out next time see ya